in the year of our Lord 2018, when Stefan Löfven was Prime Minister of Sweden and Angela Merkel was Chancellor of Germany, Donald Trump, President of the United States, and Xi Jinping, President of China, when Francis was Bishop of Rome and Jeff Bezos was CEO of Amazon <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, an idea came to a 15-year-old kid in Stockholm. She decided to skip school, or rather to go on strike from school, and to go protest and hold a sign in front of the Swedish parliament. The sign said, school strike for the climate. Her name was Greta Thunberg. She wasn't famous yet, and she wasn't particularly powerful yet. She was a kid, but she was angry. Angry that the adult leaders of the world were letting a climate crisis happen, one that would affect her generation. And so for three weeks, she sat outside the Swedish parliament with her sign every day instead of going to school. And she posted on social media and people shared her posts and people began to join her. And somehow a movement happened. By late 2018, she was speaking at conferences of the United Nations and her tweets were reaching millions of people around the world. There was something about this teenager that captivated people and also something about her that rubbed people the wrong way. She was young, of course, and didn't let people forget it. She was diminutive and wore her hair in a long braid and chastised adults for looking to her a child for leadership when she said they should be the ones solving the problem so she could go to school. She was blunt and plain spoken. Her affect was a little different than the mainstream. And she spoke of her Asperger's syndrome as her superpower, helping her focus on the issue at hand with laser-like intensity. She was not one for nuance. How dare you steal my dreams and my childhood with your symbolic gestures, she said in 2019 to the UN. She could speak out against Donald Trump for denying climate change and then turn around and denounce the progressive prime minister of New Zealand for paying lip service without actually reducing emissions. Her reach got bigger and so did her fame. She began getting nominated for awards. Somebody painted a 60 foot mural of her on a building in San Francisco. But she, let, she got angry when people focused too much on her. She was the messenger, she said. The climate was the point. In the 15th year of Tiberius, as we heard, 
when Pilate was ruling Judea and Herod Galilee and Lysanias Abilene and Annas and Caiaphas held the high priesthood, John, son of Zechariah, got an idea. Or rather, as Luke tells us, John heard the word of God. And John went out to the desert and began to baptize and preach, and people somehow began to come. There was something about him that captivated people, and also something about him that rubbed people the wrong way. He acted different than the mainstream, with his home out in the desert and his wild clothes and food. He was blunt and plain spoken, and not much for nuance. In next week's gospel, which is the continuation of this week's, we'll hear him greet the crowds who are flocking to him with a cheerful, we warned you to flee from the wrath that is coming. He could tell a soldier to stop extorting people and then turn around and tell the king to quit committing adultery with his sister-in-law. His reach got bigger and so did his fame, but he got angry when people focused too much on him. I baptize you with water, he said, but someone more powerful than I am is coming. Why is it that sometimes these unconventional messengers come and their message takes hold? What makes a movement happen? Why is it that one spark fizzles out while another lights a fire? A lot of other 15-year-olds have shown up with signs to protest an issue or another, and then gone home without touching a nerve the way that Greta Thunberg did. A lot of people have felt or thought they felt a call to be a prophet and gone out to a street corner with a soapbox and gone home without touching a nerve the way John did. Now, of course, in John's case, he was being used by God to prepare the way for God's son, which is a unique calling indeed. John played a pivotal and unique role in the salvation story of the world. Now, personally, I believe and hope that God is using the work of people like Greta Thunberg and others to call us as a global community to repent of a great collective harm we have been doing to each other and all God's species by ignoring the signs of climate change for 30 years and more. But whether you are a fan of Greta Thunberg's or one of those that she rubs the wrong way, it's clear that sometimes the things that most change history don't come from the corridors of power. They don't start from the palace of a Herod or a Lysanias or from the White House or from the United Nations building. Sometimes the things that make the biggest difference start with a weird man in the wilderness or a small, 15-year-old in Stockholm, walking out of school. And I wonder what that message holds for us today. 
How do we, in a world with great things happening, how do we listen for God's call? And what can we do in our own sphere of influence, whether it seems big or very small, to respond to God's call to us? Eleven years ago, here at Incarnation, a few parishioners on Sunday mornings started noticing some of their unhoused neighbors who were hungry. And they started inviting them to have coffee and a cookie in Farlander Hall on Sunday mornings. And then they realized that in Santa Rosa, there was somewhere to get a free hot breakfast every day of the week, except for Sundays. So they started buying some breakfast food out of their own pockets at first. And then a couple of other parishioners chipped in. Someone wrote a grant request and things started to snowball. And before long, we had a new ministry at Incarnation called Open Table Breakfast. Earlier this morning, just like every Sunday morning, our Open Table crew served a hot breakfast to somewhere around 100 of our neighbors, most of whom don't have a place to live. That ministry happened because someone paid attention. Someone wondered what God was doing. And someone took a step in faith on a small scale to see what would happen next. And I wonder how else might we care for our neighbors? Those without homes, those who are hungry? Who else is going hungry in our neighborhood? What questions might we ask? Two weeks ago, our congregation got an unexpected invitation to a new ministry of hospitality. When we learned about the chance to rent our vacant rectory, not to the highest bidder, but to a family newly evacuated from Afghanistan who needed a home. A small step, a single opportunity. But what doors or new pathways might this open up for us as a congregation? Who else in our community needs a welcome or help finding a home? What could happen if we keep opening ourselves to these questions? Well, maybe something big and maybe not. Not every spark does turn into a fire. And the point isn't about size and results so much as about being faithful. Or to use another metaphor, I planted, but God gave the growth, says St. Paul. When we plant seeds in our own sphere of influence, it's up to God to make them grow. And grow they may or grow they may not. But our call is to be faithful. Wherever we're placed, whether it's in the White House or in our own house, whether we think we have the power to do a lot or just a little. It's Advent. And the voices of the prophets are calling out in the wilderness.
How will we hear? And what might be born? <laughs>